Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Sherm in the Booth. Ooh, ooh. My name is Sherm. You guys are some true Chicagoans for coming out in January. It's snowing outside, it's freezing, and you're at the f***ing club at 1 a.m. Boys with the bass, yeah, boys, boys, bass. Who am I talking to right now? You're famous. <laughs> free food, free drinks, music. Girls, let's go. Do you like it? Cool. If you don't, goodbye. <laughs> I'm missing the most important part. Boys in the face, yes. We should throw like a crazy like bar mitzvah party. This, this is crazy. Send me stems. I finished it. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? How is everyone doing? Just wait, you know it kicks in like three to five seconds afterward. Yo, yo, what's good, everyone, and welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherman. Today is Wednesday, April 27th, 2022, and this is episode 204 of Sherman the Booth, and it is truly a pleasure to have one of the hottest acts in house music on right now, the dynamic duo known as Truth and Lies. When I say Ryan and Ian are legends, I'm still downplaying them. This was a really special interview because it was a bit unorthodox, but you know what? That's how we like it, and we do it live, baby. In episode 204, we got it all in and started by talking about their journey into the industry. Ian is originally from Westchester, New York, and Ryan is originally from Florida, but their paths cross in New York City. They both have deep-rooted musical backgrounds and decided to pursue a career in the industry together. They started throwing parties in Harlem, including an epic paint party that you're going to want to make sure you hear the story on, and started releasing music together. Truth and Lies was born, but their journey had only just begun. Now, of course, we talked about the Truth and Lies discography. Like many house producers, Truth and Lies didn't start off by making house and tech house. In fact, one of their first releases was called City Lights, and it's a fusion of deep and tropical house, and it's racked in over 2 million plays on Spotify. Now, although their success was great, their hearts told them to go in a different direction, and they pursued house and tech house. Today, their discography includes releases on some globally recognized labels like Techni, Sink or Swim, Dirty Bird, Night Service Only, and they even have an official remix of Zoo's Zudio 54. Sheesh, oh sheesh, man, these guys are on fire. Now, we connected on so many things in this interview, except maybe some Chicago versus New York City food preferences, but one topic that hit home the hardest was longevity. And we are all in this for the pure love of music and now find ourselves connecting with like-minded individuals, the DJ Susans and the Cloverdales of the world, for example, who are all in it for the same reasons. Now, while there are so many ups and downs in an artist's career, it's important to always remind yourself why you got into it because that reason will take you the distance. Love this perspective. This interview really has it all. Hilarious conversation, genuine pieces of advice, music knowledge, and positive energy throughout the entirety of the interview. These guys are so damn talented, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds for them. So much love and respect, boys. Now let's get into it right now so you can hear their story for yourselves. This is episode 204 with Truth and Lies. Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, and welcome to a big, humongous, magnificent episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm joined by Ryan and Ian, a.k.a. Truth and Lies. What the fuck is good, my guys? What is good? So glad to know that I can curse on this. I was about to ask, so that is my question right there. I'm glad to know that you're much, as much of a degenerate as we yeah, are. Yeah, so it's good. We will swear like pirates throughout this entire process. Guys, I started this podcast over five years ago, and before I even started it, I had to figure out how to get that explicit E on iTunes. I worked really, really hard for it. I had to submit like 
a pop, like a practice episode. And I had one where I just went ham on the F-bomb, like full-on Southern Indiana boy. And the South Park movie. Yeah, exactly. And they said, you're good to go. So we can cuss as much as you want. Go ahead. <laughs> You put it on for 30 seconds and he's like, yeah, we're going to just let this one go through. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? That's okay. Curse words are fun. It's honestly a part of our fucking like our generation, man. Like I feel like when we were growing up, it was like, don't use curse words. And now like some of my friends that have kids or like younger kids, they're dropping the F bomb right in front of them. It's like, the time. and whatever. it's kind of like at the discretion of like the parent has to teach the child to know when to say the proper words, you know, like there's, yeah. <laughs> They always know the curse words. I knew curse words in first and second grade. It's just about not using them in front of like adults. You know, it's all yeah. the discretion of the parent and the discretion of the child. I think it's okay. You know, yeah. some of our most well-adjusted friends with children curse in front of their kids, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's all right. Are you guys writing a parenting book while you're at it too? <laughs> hey man, childless not, not student of life over here, baby. <laughs> it's not what you say, it's how you say it, right? Yes, yeah. That's actually very, very That's true. why comedy is so important because you could say things through comedy that you can't say otherwise. Absolutely. And this is going to be a fucking funny interview because you guys are hilarious, whether you know it or not. All, oh, you all... can't do that to our egos, man. Bro, you guys are, man. You guys are a clown, did man. He freeze, did he find that very, very funny? He froze. There he is. Good? Yeah, we back. We back. Technical difficulties here for a second. Your heart drops, but we're alive. It's okay. I'm gonna Let me know. If it, if it goes out, we'll worry about it later. Fuck it. It's all good. We're here. Would it be? We're, <laughs> we're in New York with the great, greatest Wi-Fi in the world. Greatest Wi-Fi in the world. Where are you guys in New York? You're in Uptown Manhattan. Yeah, Uptown in Manhattan. We're actually in, Manhattan. We're actually in, our, in my apartment, my studio, my apartment. And I live three blocks from him. So yeah, we're in Washington Heights. Nice. Yeah. So for those who New York, know New York, it's basically basically – just east of new jersey yeah uptown manhattan love manhattan man before we got on air i told you i got a lot of family from new york city that is an incredible place now i know i want to ask you guys a, a question before but ryan you're from largo florida right and ian you're from westchester yeah i was born i was born here in the city i actually funny story i was born when when i was born my parents lived in the apartment behind where i live now so like one building over but really I yeah, but I did grow up in Westchester, and I moved back to the city about ten years ago. So okay, yeah, and I grew up. I grew up in Florida. I lived in Florida until like two thousand and five, and I moved to Louisiana, and then I moved to New York. So what? Yeah, I've actually, I've actually lived in Louisiana, Colorado, and Vermont. So I've kind of lived a lot of other places. Which wow, Colorado, like Colorado, and Vermont are like are like step like stepbrothers, basically. <laughs> they're they're are basically they? the they are. They are. See, Vermont's the less Vermont, commercial like, version of Okay, Colorado. Yeah, I was going to say, Colorado's way more developed than Vermont is. <laughs> Isn't it like Vermont three is cities like in Vermont? Places, yeah, I was, yeah, Vermont is like, it just has big-ass towns, and even that is like being kind. I was just there last weekend, actually. My family has some, some property up in Wilmington, so we're uh, we spend a good amount of time up there. Is yeah, that like Vermont. all the way up there? Like, no, that's actually, it's actually very southern Vermont, so it's really easy to get to from the city. It's like three and a half hours away from new york city oh so totally just like driving too so just like right there um just great for weekend getaways and stuff like that do some skiing yeah Dude. also there's no cell service anywhere there's no billboards vermont's like kind of an amazing place yeah it's legally you can't construct billboards in vermont i don't know oh you... i love that actually yeah it's awesome yeah 
Wow. Yeah. Cause you say Vermont and people probably think like the border of Canada, like isn't uh, there's a city up there called like Enosburg or something, right? Like way up there. I, I believe you. I mean, there's places that it's like eight hours to get to, and there's no such thing as like a straight highway in Vermont. It's all like winding <laughs> between mountains and shit. So everything takes forever to drive to. It's obviously, you know, one of the most spectacularly beautiful places in the United States too. Absolutely. Um, I completely yeah. agree. Dude, it's incredible. If everyone gets a chance to go there, it's also the best place to relax. Like literally yeah. nothing is there. Get yourself no an Airbnb yeah. like 10 minutes outside of a town. That's like, it'll be like one of the best things you do. Just go into the woods. Go in the fall too. The fall is amazing. Oh, the fall is amazing. Go mid-October. Get yeah. those sea of orange, sea of red. Oh man, nothing like it. Guys, just when I thought I heard it all on the podcast, we're talking about travel to Vermont. I love this. Hey man, we'll, we'll talk about anything. <laughs> We love, we're down to just get into some we love, weird stuff we love you know? travel man both of us love, yeah, traveling. love traveling hey i talked about fishing with west end for the first 30 minutes of the interview and we just you said, know what oh, and, i don't give a fuck and that's what this should be about because yeah if, if you're on here with every dj and you're like so where did you get into djing for like every single dj it's like all right we you know we know everybody's villain origin story but we don't and don't know anything about like the actual person that's why i like your show man you're like you're just goofing off that's, that's kind of what Dude. i want to that's what i want to do it wouldn't be fun for me, honestly, if I had to do that every time. Yeah, no, you can't. It's unsustainable business method. 100%. No, and I, I, I like, I'm, I'm humble about it, but like the first two, three years, I think I've literally interviewed 98% of Chicago DJs at this point because the first couple yeah. of years it was like all in person, which was awesome. But wow, that's cool. Yeah. When everybody started telling me, yeah, you know, my mom got me a controller for Christmas one year and I loved it. You know, I went to a show at this fucking club when I was 16. I'm like, I've heard this story before. Hold on. Like, yeah, that's literally my story. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I listen, that is the story for a lot of us. Like, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's like, I'm here to have a fun conversation. And that's what I'm here for, you know? Yeah, let's talk about Vermont or like, yeah. Or whatever the hell, Minas or whatever that weird town in North Minas. Enosburg. Don't ask me why I know that. Yeah, I have a job in logistics. I could tell you random town names all over the country, but I'm not really. Go to Minas, Connecticut. Yeah, there's uh, there's there's one in Pennsylvania too, I believe. Minas. Minas. Yeah. Minas. There's a Brazil, Indiana, uh, which I don't get. it's a lot of weird fucking town names. So many, yeah. like two or three of the same names. Like, can we get a little more creative? Like literally any and anything else. Isn't there like a Springfield in every state? except Probably. That one? sounds right. There's I definitely. Louisiana. I would imagine Louisiana, Louisiana, Louisiana is Hawaii, but everywhere else it would be like the Springfield. Yeah. What's Louisiana like? Where did you live there? So I went to college at LSU. So I got to go. Oh, that's sick though. I got to experience like real, real college life. Um, Louisiana, I mean. I, if people have never been to Louisiana, they have to go. I have not. It's, it's I really a, want to fucking go. It's, it's a riot because it's not like the rest of America. Like, I'd say, like, I've traveled quite a bit of America. Yeah. And I would say that Louisiana is probably one of the most unique places in, in Louisiana. Nothing is the same as anywhere else. New Orleans is like a national treasure. I love that place. I'm going there in February for a friend's bachelor party. I'm so pumped. Damn. I've been there. I've been there for many a bachelor party. And, uh, Godspeed, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Just make sure make sure you get a hand grenade and you you do your uh, whatever your uh, hangover remedy is beforehand because you will need it. It sounds like I'm not gonna it doesn't matter what I do. If you have one hand grenade, you'll be drunk for the night. So yeah. What's the difference between a hand grenade and a hurricane? Isn't uh, it's coming from the same place? 
No, Hurricane is like a more like tropically drink, and a hand grenade is just like clear, like it looks like the hand, like the actual like design of it is like this yellow plasticky grenade that has a little funnel on the top, and it's like eight dollars, and you'll drink it, and you're like, man, there's no alcohol in this, and then like oh. four minutes later, you'll be like, you'll be, you'll be on your ass. Wait, is it like the cup is designed like a grenade? So there's like, a grenade at the very bottom, and then there's like a little funnel thing, like but it's like supposed to like it's shaped like it's not yeah. really like it. Like yeah, a, the bottom looks like a like grenade. a Saving Private Ryan. Yes, exactly. Stomach when you drink it, it explodes, and you feel that like makes shit. sense. That put it all together for me. Actually. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of a cool. If you Google what a hand is that from a specific spot? Yes, it's just there's oh. there's a there's a specific. Well, I mean, at least when I lived there in in Louisiana, you went to one place. It was like six dollars for it at the time. It's probably up a little bit now, but like eighteen dollars. It's probably like still yeah, probably inflation. Like, <laughs> Damn inflation! It's not like nine dollars. It's probably nine dollars still, but you can have one of those and have a good night. Okay, I'm gonna hit you up then. Yeah. Uh, if you need, need recommendations. recommendations, if you need recommendations for Louisiana, I got you. God damn, man! I know there's just like random facts about all these different places. It's very odd. Give me something. Like what? What kind of something should I give them? Well, just like just it, give us a random fact about somewhere you haven't gone. I haven't gone. Yeah. Oh man, that's gonna be that's gonna be a challenge. Well, but on the you spot, can come up with one. Yeah, you <laughs> take some time to come up with one. Sure. What else you got for questions while he uh... while he thinks? <laughs> I I love when it's more than just one on one because it turns into a whole fucking dynamical conversation, right? We're just going with it, man. Absolutely. We're gonna just see where God takes us. This today. is why it takes forever, forever for us to get things done. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be like, yeah, we gotta get something serious done. And it's like, oh, say something dumb, and then two hours later, go, oh, actually, we have to get the stun still. We shouldn't be right. on the manager's right like outside, so we don't want him to know how little we're capturing it. Yeah. Well, we're getting out of the nitty gritty. Don't worry, don't worry. Thank God we spend 16 hours a day answering emails. <laughs> Our manager Mario does actually spend sixteen hours. Yeah, that man. He's a he's a savage. If you take his phone away, he would be so upset. Oh, he, he might actually fight you. He would fight me if I took his phone away. 100%. <laughs> Dude, you got to put the do not disturb on. I've been on that flex. It's it's pretty like, hey, if you text someone and it says their their notifications are silenced, have you guys seen that? Well, this guy doesn't actually sleep. He's a cyborg, so he doesn't need yeah, to do that. He just Mario. Mario's Mario's killing it, man. He's a killer manager, and he's a good friend of ours and he just believes in the brands and out at the mario and all the managers out there a lot of people yeah. don't, one who do don't know who they are they're the lifeblood of an artist's career man because they're the ones that oh. keep you going they're the ones that inspire you that pick you up when you're down that sit you on your ass when you're high and, and keep you focused right there's there's no doubt that there, we wouldn't be here without mario like we wouldn't be where we are now i mean maybe we would eventually but like just having a manager expedites the process and then having someone that you enjoy working with you know it's always just nice to have good people on your team and yeah. if they're if they do their job well too that's like also awesome <laughs> it's also great because you know he doesn't live far from us i mean he lives in new jersey for him it's like a 20 minute drive to get over here nice so being able to see him in person and we'll go to shows in the city he'll come to our shows or like we just can see each other and it's like you know i know a lot of people their managers live in different states or different countries or whatever as a challenge but for us it's just great because we like the person person like yeah of course and you gotta have a team i mean <clears throat> i feel like there always comes a point in an artist's career it doesn't have to be a manager or like an agent but 
you have to get someone who helps you just focus on the creative process, right? Like I, I think at episode like 65 was like trying to edit all the videos on my own, like trying to upload everything to YouTube. And I was like, I can't do this if I have to do it all. So I outsourced a video editor who now I still work with. She's in South Africa. Her name's Suzette. Shout out to Suzette. And she's giving me the ability. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Suzette. She's giving me the ability to just focus on the podcast and I just send her everything and she does it for me. And I'm just like, awesome. You know, and I'm sure. You created work for somebody, bro. That's awesome. Contributing to the music economy, man, that comes up every single episode. And there's so many different ways to do that. And you created work for somebody during the global pandemic too. Good for you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Good for you, buddy. I think it's important to know how to do as much as possible, but there also has to be a point where, you know, you have to spend your time wisely in order to get stuff done. And sometimes it is like handing off something to someone else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we managed ourselves for for many, many years. Six, seven, seven years. I mean, you know, obviously the first four years was just like sending an email off and praying. <laughs> you know, the, the next three years after that, where, you know, where we had our Deep House career somewhat started already. Right. Um, we were managing ourselves, you know, like we did remixes for Sam Felt and, you know, mm. shit like that. And we, we sort of pseudo had a manager at some point. Um, but we were still doing a lot of stuff ourselves. We were doing everything. Ourselves. We were booking our own shows. Yeah, we were, everything was us. I was making flyers. No. And then Hell Mario, yeah, though. Mario came in and was like, just like, stop doing these things. I'm going to do these things. And you guys start doing these things and then and our quality music thing, output went up like yeah. tenfold just and, from that and it was like now we like we play shows whereas before you know quarantine covid we weren't touring at all we were local djs and like uh you know it's also our work too because we wrote you know i'd say seven to 12 really good songs during quarantine um yeah but mario got them out to the world and then he got us touring after that. And then after touring, he got us a booking agent. And so like, and we're playing our first festivals and stuff. Yeah, we play our first festivals and shit. So Electric Zoo! Oh yes. Playing Izu and we're That's playing we're playing Beyond in June as well. So we're we got Oh play. shit, congrats. I didn't know that. I didn't post that. We we post on the story when they announced I haven't done I should I should do an actual post on our Instagram about it. But yeah, we got Beyond Wonderland coming up in June. So that's soon. That's in the gorge. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got uh, Izu coming up, which is our hometown festival. And that's the first festival I ever went man, to. Man, I went to that no shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. My first festival I ever went to was 2009. The very, very, very first. That was the first one. Like Juzu. Yeah, that was the first one. That was the year that everyone was playing Swedish House Mafia 1 before they even now there's a Swedish House Mafia. Wow. Like yeah. Everybody played that track. And then I went the next year and everyone also still played that track. That's crazy. Full fucking circle. I didn't That's even know EDM existed at that point. That was like that was like three years before I even discovered EDM. That's crazy. Yeah. That was that was like I had moved I had moved to New York literally three weeks before that festival. Who yeah. who who made you go? I mean, were you into electronic music? So no, actually, so it's a f- funny story. So I actually uh a buddy of mine and I we had, we entered a contest for free tickets and I had to show like a picture of you at a show. And it was just he won free tickets. It was, <laughs> it was me and John, and John's wearing this like construction outfit, like in a, in a rave with like a construction hat and like like candy and stuff. And they, it's like Radio Wait, Show what? gave out two tickets for it. 
why a construction outfit? I don't know. He was really hammered. It's just a <laughs> construction outfit. I have to show you the picture. It's a while, but was a, we, we entered only once, so we got to go. Yeah. Holy that's, shit. That's hilarious. So yeah, so I got to go to Lecture Zoo for free from because I want a thing from a radio show. So that, that's funny. Wow. Take a second. I mean, that that is literally like destiny right there. I mean, it's our it's our hometown festival, so it's like it's pretty it pretty exciting. Good, yeah. I but went years was, later, but I didn't I didn't get free tickets. I just went and ate a bunch of Molly, and that was <laughs> my experience with Izu. Um yeah. <laughs> That's 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 I think but that's everyone's model. It yeah, was like the, the 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 day that we announced it. I looked back at our or someone had sent me a, a photo or something, and it was like that had been the day that we announced it had been ten years to the day since we played our first show. So that was pretty cool. This like kind of felt like full circle, and obviously our first show was at like you know a bar you get hepatitis just from walking into. Sure. So it was like. Yeah, and it was before yeah. we even had the Full name circle. Truth and Lies, too. It was, oh, like, yeah. it was we, under some other project even, that we had. That wasn't even, we didn't even have a name. We didn't even have a group. We no, just, it was just throwing events. It was in the upstairs of a sushi bar. What did and, you go by? <laughs> was it just Ryan and Ian? No, so like, so my I had a previous project with a guy who we won't talk about him much because he was kind of a terrible human. Yeah, he was not. Um, fair. We, we went by the name Harlem House Trotters. And it was That's a good name. Project, it was, I thought it was, it was an awesome name. It was a great name. Yeah. We started by awesome. throwing we started by throwing these events at this place called Patrick Ryan's in Harlem, which was just like the shittiest dive bar. It was like all the people from music school that I went to school with. We used to go down there and we put like we were playing like blog house and like early progressive house and stuff. Sure. And we did that. And then when I met Ian, we started doing shows together. We were just like throwing group shows and we were just all play together, kind of not as like it was like live art collaborations. We brought like live artists in and they would do like like the first party, they did a huge blacklight mural during the during the course of the six hours of the event. So it started as a blank canvas and it finished off with this huge mural. I thought it was awesome. Like, yeah, I thought it was yeah. So cool. And like we kind of built it out from there. And people sold the art there, and it was like it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But it, because I got really debaucherous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we moved to like a couple of different places, and we ended up um, at like kind of a dive in the west village that what ended up being a lot of fun on the right nights you know yep, uh, yep. except the one that we had to we had to go back and mop the ceiling yeah i never had paint. to mop paint off the ceiling before but sometimes <laughs> no we, we had some good time it was like paint parties we so. threw these black oh, okay. parties. i was yeah, like, so they, they kind of like it got a little debaucherous like ryan was saying so they moved to like body paint parties and i don't think that the venue was like fully aware of what they were getting themselves into and neither were we really we kind of <laughs> 21 you know 25 24 23 so it was kind of yeah insane. for sure what year was, was this it's like 2013 bro yeah. that was like the day glow and paint party like exactly oh, yeah. yeah we were just yeah, doing yeah. on a small scale like a 60 person bar that would get packed out and get sweaty and people were throwing paint at us like we'd have people throw buckets of paint at people <laughs> And when the bar owner called us, it was like, hey, can you come back and clean yeah, up? You guys got to come back and clean up. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't have my crew do So we were in the basement, and the ceiling was completely, you could reach the ceiling if you touched it like this. Oh, yeah. So we got like mobs that were mopping the ceiling. Aren't those the best times, though? I mean. But um, that was like what we meant to say is we, we started working, all three of us together, and we started making like Latin trap and Moombaton. 
Bond, the yeah. huge at the time, like Dylan Francis and Nadastrom and uh, Munchi and Munchi and yeah, all those guys. And that was my shit. I fucking love Louis Vuitton. Dude, Bootleg uh, Fireworks was like that song, like really changed like my perception on like what you can do with electronic music. You know, like yeah, we all heard Levels in 2011, right? And like the Progressive and Blockhouse, like you were talking about. But then when you started to hear like Flashadamas, Original Don and Dylan Francis and early Diplo, Mad Decent Days, you're like what the fuck is it yeah. and that's that was that was it for me because what got me into dance music was my boy one time i remember where i was i was like in, i remember what car i was in like what i was driving past the first time my boy showed me scary monsters and nice sprites and i was just like bro what the absolute fuck am i listening to <laughs> another one my, another one of my great great shows i went to when i first moved to new york was i went to a dead mouse show and it was the most bizarre lineup i've ever seen it was skrillex <laughs> Before he was really big, it was right before Scare Monsters came out. So Skrillex yeah. was the opener. Wow. Was the opener. And then it was some like bar mitzvah DJ who was like horrendously bad, horribly <laughs> bad, playing like everything you heard at every wedding, terrible. And then it was Buster Rhymes. He got booed <laughs> off the stage because he was so bad. Oh my God. <laughs> and then it was and then it was Dead Mouse. And it was the most bizarre event I'd ever went to in my entire life. That sounds awesome. That sounds like that, that's just like one of those the things. I was so confused because everyone there was like, I want to go to Dead Mouse. And no, so Buster like, Rhymes. And everyone was like, what is parties this? that you'll forget because they were just like every other party, but you'll never I will never forget that in your whole life. Never. Because I was listening to Skrillex, and I was like, what am I listening to? This is amazing. Yeah, right. And then when Barmitsu DJ came on, I was like, why is this guy even here? <laughs> yeah. And then Buster Rhymes, which you, I always feel bad when they bring out, bring out like hip hop acts at an EDM festival. I always feel we like don't it's want that. For this is, this like, is if, if you're going to do it, bring it's out weird. like J. Cole or some shit that we all yeah. like, want to listen to. Like, no offense to. I love hip hop. I love a yeah. lot of hip hop no, performers. Like I think, shit, I know, think if yeah. I remember correctly, I think the lineup was supposed to be Nas was supposed to be in the lineup, but he couldn't make it. Okay, well, I'd much rather listen. So, to like, I, like, um, yeah, Nas would have been cool, but even then, like, it's a weird order <laughs> of people, and I, the crowd was so confused because they didn't even announce that Buster Rhymes or Nas was on the lineup. It just said Dead Mouse and Skrillex. <laughs> so I assume Skrillex was opening for Dead Mouse, but like, oh, not okay. like walking in the door at ten a at ten p.m. Bro, what a, wild, what a wild time. You know, some it's people pop their rolls too early and we're fucking rolling face at Buster Rhymes. Like, I think I got to go home. Ah, is there a side room here? Or like, <laughs> what, <laughs> what do I do? People were looking for the after party before Demos was on. I mean, yeah. that was, that was, <laughs> that was that old Webster, right? You said No, it was at Roseland Ballroom. Oh, so there's no side rooms. No, that room, that, that place is wild. It was just a big warehouse in the middle of Midtown. Yeah, it's very weird. Is it's it still there? No, it's yeah, gone. It closed, it closed in like 2012 or 2013. Not too long. There was a that. huge, a huge wave of closings of like, not like the old school clubs, like yeah, just a lot of like the large four and all that, but like the ones that came directly after that, like Pacha and yeah, things like that. There was that wave of clothes Santos Party House, exactly. Pacha, yeah. like the only one from that era that still like venues still exists in that same area is Terminal Five. But like everything else, Roseland Ballroom, Slake closed, all those places in that Midtown area are gone. Midtown's kind of like a yeah, not a place to used to party in Manhattan, and people don't party in Manhattan. Webster Hall closed for a period of time; they reopened recently. Well, they were yeah, I thought it was gonna. I thought it was done. Uh, they got bought by AEG, so it's it's more of like a venue, a concert venue, not as much of a club it was as well as like. When I moved to New York, I was going to Girls and Boys events. I saw Major Lazer's first New York show ever at Girls and Boys wow. at Webster Hall. And that was like a magical moment. Girls and Boys was awesome. 
I remember uh, to Johnny opening up for Zed's Dead um, in the main room at Webster. And like, just for the opener, like you could tell what kind of night it was because the floor, like, I don't know if you've ever been to Webster, like the old Webster Hall, but like when you'd go to the middle of the floor, like it, it would just... go up by like a solid four to five feet. Like, Dude, that's up, fucking you know? nuts. So yeah, so you'd feel it. And like, you'd feel it on your feet and every single night you'd be like, oh, this is the night this shit's just going, like this shit's <laughs> going down tonight. But that's what brings you back. It's like that slight element of danger. Right, really right. So of awesome. Course. And I just remember hearing to Johnny open for Zed's Dead and the floor was already going like this. I'm like, oh my God, when Zed's Dead comes on, like where this is going to be fucking insane. And then they came, do you remember that song Coffee Break? Yes. Yeah, of course, bro. Dead, and they opened up with Coffee Break and everybody was just like, oh my God. And like, I miss that old school Webster Hall feel, man. I don't know. Dude. I feel like reminiscing like old men here. Uh, but... Speaking of Mumaton, that, that was the show we saw. Munchie, Dylan Francis, and Not a yeah. Show all on the same night. Yeah. They were all there playing that one night. It was like the most so great. Awesome. The whole night was just unreleased tunes. So we, yeah. so the three of us started making tunes together to tie this all up, this yeah. story. And we, <laughs> we started making Latin trap and Mumaton stuff. So we called ourselves this Liches, which I thought was hilarious that is pretty things. good then there's a dominican cake called tres leches because um, we all lived in the heights and the time. yeah we all lived in the heights i i speak spanish so for me it somewhat made sense but yeah uh, and you are you mean you are spanish i am spanish yeah my mom and, my mom's and, from and the other guy other guy also is, is chilean john so. was chilean yeah so it made I, 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 sense. i'm very much not spanish yeah i mean it made i'm the whitest sense. person you've ever seen in your life <laughs> in Miami, <laughs> vermont florida louisiana yeah Look, I'm from I'm from Florida. I'm wearing I'm wrapping the Miami Heat shirt, right? Uh, if if you see me, you you have no idea I'm from Florida because I'm see through. I'm completely see through. <laughs> and, and Ryan doesn't do well in the sun either, so it makes sense that if I'm out in the sun for like 25 minutes, I look like a lobster. Yeah, it's Ryan bad. doesn't. Do oh it. man, bad. I'm sorry. But, uh, we ended up we ended up all splitting up, and then Ryan and I uh, continued off with our own thing, which ended up being true for us. Yeah. So you guys, wow, lot to unpack there for sure. First off, we have a lot of similarities because I had basically the same experiences like Dead Mouse early on. Brazil was one of the first songs I ever heard and it just fucking was changed my, changed my life, honestly. Then I got introduced to Skrillex and then I love Zed's Dead. I saw Zed's Dead 11 years ago, I think, like in a basement in Indianapolis and they played Coffee Break and their yeah. Eyes on Fire remix had just come out. Yeah. And uh, man, it's just like... <clears throat> It's awesome to be a fan at that point, but there's a moment when, well, I don't know if there's a moment, sometimes there's accumulation of moments. You guys remember when you were like, okay, I think we actually want to pursue this and not just be a fan. You did it together, but like, why? Because that's an undertaking, right? I think part of it was that we, it's a good question. I think that like when we were, when we were making, we were throwing events, you know, and it was like, that was our way of like trying to have fun. And we were, you know, you know, early mid twenties and yeah, it was like, very debaucherous it was great they we're trying to make some money and see if we could do events full-time and sure. that's a really hard thing to do full-time i mean for me it was not i went i went to school for music you went to school for music so like for us like writing music and doing musical things was more important than throwing parties mm -hmm. and we got really burned out from it and so i think collectively we we're just like we can't do this anymore like it was it was not as much fun that's as, a, that's as, a really as doing music that's one that's a very succinct analysis and two sure you made me realize that maybe maybe the reason that we continued along with just like 
not just being doing this for fun, but continuing along with it as a career is because our first foray into dance music was as event planners, Mm -hmm. not so much as artists. So navigating the music industry and the event shit was what we knew. Yeah. I don't know if that's right. I mean, I'm just saying that's that's a hunch. And it's also yeah. a really good question. And um, it might have just been like, hey, we like to drink alcohol and DJ. So let's just keep doing <laughs> this shit for right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's also like weird for me, too, because I went to school for writing classical music and playing classical music. So wow. it was a whole different world for me. Like such a yeah. And when I was in when I was in school, I I experienced what that was like. And that's a whole different animal of like it's just a challenge to get a career in that because it's kind of a, a very, very niche. You're pigeonholed. Yeah, you're very, very small niche thing. And when I was in school, I felt really trapped about like, oh my God, this is my career. There's like four jobs open a year in America for this. Like this is, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's like not a, it's not an easy thing to do. And I have a lot of friends that have gone on and had successful music careers. One of my good friends from the first bar I ever DJ in New York is Alex Siever, AKA Mako. And he was my, he was the bartender at the what? bar we played. yeah and he's he was a good friend of mine i met him when i was in college and that's and crazy he not, and he was our bartender and he would just bartend he would listen to music and he got done with school he went to juilliard for a french horn and then he moved to la started film french writing horn. i played french horn finally so he started, hey. then he started working for writing writing music with uh, steve angelo avici and now he's doing his own thing and he's he's killing it he's doing he did he's working now doing a bunch of stuff for like all these video games. He did. He, you know the game uh, League of Legends. He wrote all the music for League of Legends. Did he really? He really did. Yeah. Wow. So, like, didn't know that. Yep. He has. If you look at his thing, he has like he gets to go to all the League of Legends conferences and stuff. But like we met back when we were in school together, and we both kind of had the same thing. We're like we're we're thinking, you know, it's really hard to do classical music. We got to figure out something else to do. Yeah. And that's what gravitated me towards doing dance music because I was doing it DJ events for fun and like. Yeah. It was it was a lot of fun, but I, for me, ultimately, I wanted to write music and throwing events was cool. This is such an insane industry to go into and try to make a living in. It's, just, it's so crazy. You kind of just like I feel like I I I love you guys' responses because it's similar but different for everybody, right? You kind of just like find yourself deep into it sometimes, right? And you're just like whoa, okay, like I've been throwing parties, DJing, producing for like five years now, where am I, right? And there's like that crossover point. And it was really interesting the past two years for DJs and really anyone in the creative field, like I can't perform. My life has changed because I can't go out. Like, what am I doing this for, right? Like I'm here to make music. I love music. In fact, I don't even care if it blows up or not. I just know that this is what I love doing. And I had that realization about the podcast. You know, I was like, you know what? Nothing can stop me because I love what I'm doing. I'm going to, I'm going to adapt and overcome. And now I feel like I'm meeting people like you guys, like DJ Susan, like Cloverdale, and we've all been in it for so long. We're like, Hey, you're still doing this too. All right. Let's help each other out. Yeah. And that's, that's how the credibility in the industry builds. I mean, you wonder where it comes from. You're like, how do I become one of those people that's, you know, has the plugs and then you're just like oh it's just from being consistent and like following yeah. what i've been wanting to do, and just do if someone dm'd us asking <laughs> us like what you know because we did uh we did a video with, with zen world this past week and it was like hey what do i do to get on these labels radars and stuff and i was like you just gotta be consistent send music become, become friends with them yeah just like yeah. you gotta be consistent that's the most important thing you, if you work hard and you're consistent you'll get whatever you want 
you guys have been super consistent too over the years. I mean, you you have been putting out music for a long time under other projects, but the first track that I can find for Truth and Lies, 2017, February 2017, was City Lights your guys' first release? It was not. Um, technically, but it was. No. Um, it's, it's fairly complicated. It, it was, I would say that was our first single. All right, let's check out Truth and Lies' first single. This one's called City Lights. We put out a remix. We did for Air. That was our first actual release. And some bootlegs we put up on SoundCloud. Well, we would release so a like, track called like Worky Hips on like spot on SoundCloud and shit like that. So we have we have songs that we released before that were originals. And Jesus, are they just god awfully? <laughs> oh my god, they're just so bad. Um, and, and it makes me feel good when I go listen to them because I'm yeah. like, like sometimes I I listen to our music the day after we wrote something and I'm like, oh, fuck me. And then I go back and I like, <laughs> like wow. six years and I'm like, oh, thank God. Okay, never mind. I don't know what, like what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, you did go back pretty far. You, you went and found the first uh, of our singles. So yeah. Um, I think that's also a pretty important track for us because oh, that's 100%. It's, all yes. origi- it's all original vocals. My wife did the vocals, but pushed them down. Yeah. No uh, way. And my wife is, and she did the vocals on Understand and on Mirror Mirror, which is another one of our IDs we have coming out. What? Yeah. So uh, Hannah, Hannah is an opera singer. Yeah, she was in school. We met in music school, and she's an opera singer, so she has all the skills. Nice. Oh, geez, that's fucking awesome. She she wrote and sang City Lights, um, which uh, had like four different versions. The City Lights was not the one that came out was like not even the version that we had first wrote because we wrote that like a year ago the vocals and we went back and listened to the instrumental we're like this is kind of corny and, <laughs> like, and then we wrote this new instrumental and they need vocals for it hands like why don't you use the city lights vocals for it i was like yeah okay so we did and um at that point we had we had our first manager 
um, who wasn't, um, I'd say he was managing us, but he was like, he was like really good. He had a, he had a SoundCloud channel. So he was like really good at leveraging, you know, and getting like the reposts and that sort yeah, of stuff. That was like so, the peak SoundCloud era. That was peak SoundCloud repost area. Spotify was man. You could sort of newish. Crazy. You could go on a world tour off a SoundCloud mashup or edit, like Blau, right. Cap Slap. I mean, that was a crazy time. Yeah, blend. Yeah. So so it did, yeah. it did pretty well. I mean, considering we were used to like, you know, five, six thousand plays, and that one got like a million. Um, and that kind of I think that kind of upped our real estate value a little bit. For sure. Um, and we had some trials and tribulations with that track, no doubt. I mean, like later on, um, our long story short this will come to a much quicker conclusion but always keep make sure that you pay attention to your contracts and your masters and make sure that your masters revert to you because what happened was our the label got sold that city lights was on to somebody else oh and, and our contract is stipulated that if you sell the label the masters revert back to us but the second label didn't want to hear that they just wanted the full category the catalog and everything um, thank God we had the contract and we had everything and it was in there, but like we had to spend a considerable amount of lawyer fees and everything to keep our own music and get our own music back to us. So it was two songs. Too, what I wanted to say song. is, yeah, Wanderlust, too, right? even if you're releasing a song and you have 6,000 plays previously before that total on all of your music, if you feel like you have a song that's going to do well cross your eye, uh, dot your eyes, cross your T's on that contract, make sure the masters revert back to you, do all that necessary If you have any shit. friends that are in the, the legal business, uh, buy them a drink to look over your contract. Yeah, 100%. Let's do it. Send them send them 10 bucks and get them a sandwich or some yeah. shit, you know, like, wow, everybody wins in that situation. But um, on a better note, because that's, you know, sad and we don't want to talk yeah, about we don't sad. Want to <laughs> I mean, that's great <laughs> advice though, guys. We're so really that track, fun. actually, we submitted that track as a self-release for the Beyond Wonderland competition. Uh, for for a discovery project and that's how we won discovery project yeah so our first actual single was something that got us to play beyond wonderland holy shit wait i thought it was controlled because that came out on discovery project so controlled we got that because Because. you get a a release on discovery project if you win the discovery oh wow holy shit guys first year 2017 was big fucking year for you yeah i mean we have been writing music for already you know three years but yeah, still, I've, been, I've, been, I've, been, I've been writing music since like 2005. So, like, but I mean, as Truth and Lies, Truth and Lies, it was like been, a year and a half, maybe. I we, think, I think we were still like, we were, we were writing like, we, we, we still like, like Mubaton stuff before that. So yeah, we had like been, Future Basie stuff. And then yeah, we, was, we yeah. had like, we had like a moment where we were like, this doesn't feel like us. And we started writing right. stuff like what we were listening to, what we were playing, when we were going out to shows, what we were listening to, when we were going out to shows. Like, I didn't even like house music before that. That's the funny thing. Like, I, <laughs> I'll be honest, like, I never really got into Swedish House Mafia. That thing never did it for me. Uh-huh. Um, progressive House, I appreciate it. You know, I, I like, I like, for me, I like to see it in a big venue because it's a spectacle. Yeah. I don't really listen to it yeah. for the, for the musical quality, although Dead Mouse and Cascade, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, that's Fair. different. The one, the um, one thing for me that really got me into doing house music was when we would go to Cielo, which is this club in New York, which is a, was probably the, in my opinion, it was the best club in New York, at least until it closed in like 2018 or whenever it closed. But basically it was like a 300 cap room with a function one system. And you could go on Monday through Friday, pretty much for free. And it would be anybody you'd ever think that you'd want to see at these shows play shows. Like Louis Vega played every Tuesday for free. 
with a one hour open vodka bar. And it was great. And yeah, it was so you, awesome. So we, I would go like when I was in school, I would go literally five days a week. I was a degenerate. I would drink for free. I would go and hit <laughs> four vodkas for free in the beginning and hoard them in the corner of the room and drink through the night and have a good night. <laughs> well, we got, I got to see like Louis Vega there. So French yeah, Lake, free. I don't understand. That. Um, I saw Mark Knight for free there. It was great. It was, it was great. So like for me, house music was like what I went. When I started going to shows, that's what I started going to. And like that very, very, like very techie, progressive techie sound from like the early, early 2010s was like what I started listening to. Yeah. And then when we started doing shows, it kind of went away from that. And then after we started throwing our own events, we came back to it. It was like kind of like the stuff we were listening to. And just kind of what we went to we would go, we to go out in the city, we would go to Cielo. And that was like kind of what we started listening to. And Cielo kind of what we started or, writing. Or Le Bas. Le Bas, yeah. But you guys weren't releasing that music. You were releasing tropical like house, all caps. Like it wasn't tropical house like Kygo, but it was like it was like it was deepish like deep house. house yeah, well. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, right. And and it's good music. Like it's good. Like they're all really good songs. But I mean, that was kind of what was what was popping then. Tech wasn't really not at all a thing. There was there was deep house and there was house. You yeah. know, and there wasn't really tech house or at least. You know, if it was, it was still in Detroit or Chicago or one of the coolest. Not cities. a commercial. It was like super underground in New York. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. You know, it was somewhere, um, but not not where we were. Not not in, the, not in the popular SoundCloud, yeah. Spotify realm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then and then this is kind of like after you know we made we made Deep House for a while and we did pretty well. We did remix for Sam Felt. We had City Lights and then we had Wanderlust. So we had a yeah. nice string of like decent decent releases. And then at a certain point, I remember Ryan and I like having a conversation amongst ourselves and we were just like, bro, what are we, what, what's the end goal here? Because we're not getting shows, right? So we're not going to be able to like do this full time. And when we're playing shows, we're opening DJs in New York and we weren't even really playing our tunes because they didn't really mm-hmm. fit. And, and, we, and like that's fine, but even, we were even worse than that is the problem is we, we noticed that every single time we were writing music, we were writing music to make it sound like a specific label. So we were like, um, oh, we need to like get on spinning now, or oh, we need to get on like revealed now, and oh, like, and it was just like the most uncreative point in our career. It was, we were making music that was good, but it wasn't fulfilling in any way. It was, Absolutely. it was good. And it's really, that's a really hard thing to get used to doing. And it's, it's not, I mean, I guess some people go doing it forever and good for them. But like, I love writing music for me, you know, <laughs> I, I, as much as I want to write music for everyone to hear it, I want to be happy with what That's what writing. I was saying. Absolutely. I think, I think we got out of that rut pretty damn quickly, because if you go and listen to some of our things, like, um, like our, our, our remix of Mahalo, Current Mood, mm-hmm. like even stuff like that, which didn't follow too much longer after City Lights, it was like probably within a year and a half or two years i'd say which is a fairly short time when you're writing music if you think about it yeah true it takes time and writing and releasing too yeah writing and releasing i mean our stuff was already getting more like a little more gritty and a little more aggressive and i and i and i attribute that to we never stopped playing shows right Mm -hmm. we never stopped wanting to play shows and we always wanted to play bigger shows and we would you know, probably took too many opportunities in the city uh, because you don't want to be pigeonholed into that opening DJ thing. Right. I think it helped us to understand at a certain point that like we need to either 
go full in on the deep house or like switch it up a little bit. And we were already playing tech house at shows. We were playing like the kind of funky or weirder, you know, weird tech house, yeah. and like Dirty Birds stuff. Chris Lake, like the early Chris Lake like, stuff. Like the Black Book. And roll. The, yeah, like the, yeah, like the pre-Black Book stuff. Like the How- Housla album type shit? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little, yeah. a little less heavy than that. Like in between Motez, like Mo- Motez and Housla. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Throwback there, like, yeah. Like early Dom Dalla. Yeah. Donnie Federa, Matt Joe yeah. type shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And this is actually kind of where Mario comes into the story, right? Because he... At One time. of our last like deep house tunes we ever released was on Uprise Music. Yeah, where he was the A and R, and then we so we were like chatting with them, um, and we came to them with a playlist of folders. And this is mind you, this is kind of like we were in that in between, right? Like we were still deep house artists, but right. like this is like late. We, we would look through a playlist and just be like, I don't, I don't know what this is. And we went to them at Uprise, and <laughs> Mario bless his heart in the nicest, kindest way possible was just like you guys got to figure out like what you're doing (laughs) this is good you know it's all like fine but like none of these tracks sound like they're made like the same or none of these tracks have any sort of theme to them like they're all just all over the place and you know even before he was managing us man that was still that had to be like one of the most influential chats we've ever had with someone in the music industry that's awesome bro like what what are you guys doing here? Like, yeah. not, just, not in a bad way, but just what's like, your why? Yeah, what, yeah, exactly. What's, what's your thing? Like, what, yep. is, what can you offer? Um, 100%. And I think that God, that was the that, biggest, I think that was the biggest point in our career where we just were like, it got our heads reeling, right? Like we weren't ready for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. but no, everybody thinks there's six playlists, there's six songs in that playlist is just the fire, you know? And then and I thought they were, and I went back and listened to him. He was absolutely right. Yeah, he was right. And then we, um, and then I think we worked for a little bit and we, we had basically been putting music out for like seven months, eight months. Yeah, yeah. no, I was going to say like you guys, I, I think when I heard a little bit more, like you were starting to come into your own was like nine to five with Holy Man on Perfect Habit. Like it was a little more four on the floor. Like it wasn't a 180, yeah. but you started to like pivot yeah. and same thing would give it to me. And then, yeah, it was until the end of 2019, basically really the first like truth and lies oofer in my opinion was keep it on medium rare like where it was like tech house it's underground yeah. it was funny because the the we were we were going to shows during that time and meeting with people and one of our good friends clem who runs okay and f collective and nice uh, yeah they're awesome that was the first track we put out that was like legit tech that house was our track. first tech house release I know you guys are going to like this one. It's their first true tech house release. This one's called Do You Hear Me by Truth and Lies off OK and F Records. Clem is. Um, <laughs> he told us for like, like I don't know if you've gone through. Years. I don't know if you've gone through the OKNF um, 
whatever Dude. back catalog, but West End was on there before Summit. we blew up. John Summit was on there. Before yep. we, blew up. we haven't blown up, but we, we were on there like one of our first Tech House releases. So it's like that dude obviously knows something that we don't, right? So he he has his ear like down to the to the you know to the industry and he took it, you know. He asked us for tracks for like three or four years. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we'll sell them. We're just like everything we're writing doesn't really sound like your label. I, I don't feel comfortable giving you a deep house record for like a weird underground tech house track. Yeah. And we were just like, let's write something really techy. And we wrote this track and it was super wonky and weird. And we said to him, he's like, I love this. Yeah. And then for a moment for us, that felt we felt I at least I felt validation was when West End texted me and said, Hey, golf class playing this at EZU. They played at Electric Zoo. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So I guess this actually works. Yeah. And this was the thing is now we were just like, wait a second. We have millions of plays on Spotify right now, right? Because of City Lights and Wanderlust. And we kind of know how to produce. So why don't we like write a bunch of tech house and send that to labels and shit? And we just sent it to everywhere that we liked. And one of them was Medium Rare, which was at the time putting, I mean, still does, but at the time putting out fire. Yeah. And then, so we, you know, we got something on Medium Rare. And then shortly after, codes. like Codes got in touch who is another person who anybody who will listen, I will tell them how awesome Codes is. And we Codes got, we got just, connected through Codes through our friend Chris. Yeah, Chris Ryberg. Um, he helped Cody, he helped Cody start holding holding Millie. Yeah, and Codes is one of those people who has shown us love and asked for absolutely nothing in return. Oh man, that's awesome. And you know, just like just supported us and just been awesome and had us on his Twitch stream, and you know, just we hung out during the pandemic. We he put it. He, he collabed with him on Dirty Bird. All right, let's check out this incredible collaboration. This one's called Stand Clear by Truth and Lies and Codes on Dirty Bird. Stand clear of the clear of the clear. That was a complete pandemic collaboration. So yeah, got a track. I mean, that was all him. He got, you know, he he sent it over to Claude and texted us a couple of days later, like "Good news, boys." And we're like, "Oh yes, let's." Yeah, it was, it was weird because we saw him. We saw Claude play on the stream. I was like, "What?" <laughs> I had no idea. We started. So, so we met with Cody in the, in the studio in like the financial district, and and it was like we sat down for like three hours and made this like thing. And he's like, "Yo, uh." let's just sample the MTA. We're New York people. I was like, can we do this? And he's like, I got the, well, I, you can download the things from their website. So we downloaded the sample from the website. No, no. So I had the idea for years to use the subway sample yes. and I brought it. And then I was just like, the problem is, I don't know if we could do this. And he's like, hold on, I'm texting my lawyer. Yeah, he and he texts his lawyer on the spot. And then he found out that it was public domain and we're like, fuck it. We're just gonna, and, and, and we wrote it and we're like, is this like, it seems kind of like horny a little bit to use this sample yeah and then uh, we said fuck it we're gonna do it anyway and people loved it 
And then the bing bong thing. The happened. bing bong thing like, happened. Like, Yo, you all, you all are very late to the bing bong. And we could have, we should have capitalized. Yeah, on dude. My, we my cousin there. told me that has been a thing for a long time. It's the fucking yeah. train. Yeah. Well, we suck at social media. We don't know how to do anything. But also, bing bong just seems like a, it's a thing New Yorkers say. They said it forever. And it just got caught big on the internet. So, yeah. That We're just like, wow, you guys are, you guys are all like, everyone very slow. New York steez. <laughs> unbelievable though i mean it, it's really cool like that you guys spend all that time because a lot of producers would be like all right i've got like to flip it we've got these millions of plays i need to keep making this because this is working you guys said no this is not in my heart and spent time and i mean you guys made a lot of music that got signed to some big big labels in 2020 at thrive in rotation country club disco dirty bird space yacht night service only insomniac like let's just take a second boys that's a big fucking year i mean that was a that was a that was a that was a time man we, we spent so much time yeah. like a, so much time and we also did Sam, that was also when we got infinity signed by tony romero and that's when we got mario you yeah. know and that's when mario started working with mario us. started working like it was yeah. like stonks from there you know just yeah stonks stonks sure. <laughs> dude it's it's so cool to hear that because i mean I, I know there's a lot of producers that listen to this show and that can be a hard move to make but to see you guys be able to share your stories of success and. Hey man, I mean, the grass is always greener. You know, we see artists that release three songs and blow up and us, yeah. we've been releasing a song every couple of months for fucking eight years now. We're yeah. still, we're still out here working other jobs and shit. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, when we, we go take shows, I, I, I go to my day job and then I get I mean, on, maybe- I, I literally go, go to my day job on Friday, leave early, get on a plane, go play a show. I also choose to live yeah. in Manhattan, yeah. so, so like, we do it to ourselves a little bit. Um, there's a little bit of both, but no, there is no doubt that we wouldn't we wouldn't continue to do it if we didn't love making music. And like, I'll be I'll also be honest and like slightly humble brag, but also realistic, which is we're bad at everything else, but I think we're good at making music, right? Like that's one thing yeah. that we make tunes, and I think they're fire, and I hear them in the club, and they go off, and people like them, but like zero social media game you know and that's, <laughs> like, that's the way we, we work on you know you know it's all just a learning game it's all just a struggle you got to just shore up your weaknesses this is something we're working on right now and an, another big part of why mario's helping us because he's gotten us the resources to work on it so yeah you know some people will blow the fuck up on socials and their music is not quite as good and some people will have great music and not quite as good as socials and there's no doubt that they're yeah, both man. just as important or you know, some will argue music is more important. Some will argue socials, but I would argue they're both in this day and age. They're both just as important. You got I agree. Both. I had a long conversation with Styler about that too. He's like, I've never been good at social media. I'm good yeah. at making music. Yeah. And that's my, th- I totally understand that. Like sometimes your way of, of speaking to the world, like, which might be like a selfie video or a vlog or whatever it is, you know, these fucking online celebrities, your guy's language is through your music. Like this is yeah. how you tell people who you are. 100% and we're working on changing that because I mean <laughs> just like you we're like doofy and goofy and we like yeah to around and we like to joke around but like I don't I don't know and most people when we go see them at a club we don't ever talk about music we talk about like, yeah we're just the everything same else like, all kicking around you know but how do we <clears throat> how do we convert that into a language that people will connect with on socials and that's what we're working on now so hit up our social media like our posts they suck 
but we need that interaction. We will respond to your DMs too. <laughs> yeah, oh, it may take a while. Big, but biggest, we will. Is we're very big on chatting with everybody, responding. They do. To they do. I think that came from the pandemic because, like, that's a Twitch thing, one hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah. when the, when the pandemic happened, we were just like, what are we going to do with our time? Obviously, if we're not playing shows, we need to somehow grow. And we just started DJing on stream and we gained a little following and we decided, you know, maybe we'll do like a demo listening session and get people feedback on their tunes. And soon enough, like 40 to 50 people would show up every week sending in demos. And it was like, we can't even listen to this many demos without our ears starting afterwards. And it's why do you want to listen to advice from two idiots anyway? Like that, <laughs> that for me, it's just like, yeah. I guess somehow they value our opinion. Yeah, but for us, that was like our, that was our social media at the yeah. time, which was yeah, great. Totally. It was it was validating for a lot of reasons because it was like oh we can do stuff like this and we do have fans and oh wait we actually have people that want to support us. I mean the green room was awesome. That was one of our like we had we would do streams, but then we would also have Discord open and we'd have like a channel that was the green room. So you would actually go in with the video of your face and like you actually go and hang out like while the stream is going on. So it's yeah. like no yeah. no I thought we created like a little we did like guest sets where we have we would play for the first hour and then we'd have someone else do a guest set I don't want to pretend like we invented all this because almost everything that we did that was streaming was directly copied from Cody like he was 100% the trendsetter for all, everything that had to do with Twitch but it was still you guys it was us we we, we made it into our own thing just <clears> by <throat> the virtue of the fact that we're different people than Cody but like yeah. yes Cody was 100% the trendsetter and he's still killing it on he's Twitch. still killing it on so that's like 150 people watching him on Twitch yeah, which I, I, like whenever we stream more than we like had 20. even when everybody was in a pandemic yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I more, mean, more respect to Cody, man. Nothing yeah. but love for him. The other thing that was great about that was validating too is that like all these people that would submit music to us during the pandemic have now gone on and got their music signed by bigger labels. Like, yeah, tell people like Moose. He said his first time we, we met him was through oh, the Devil Days. Love Mikey, oh. man. He's awesome. He's such a nice guy, man. He's a sweetheart. See, so he, he got his. He had his first tune signed there. Uh, full boss guys also got their stuff signed mm-hmm. um there's a bunch of other binge watch damn it gosh yeah yeah like a bunch of people gallo like all these guys like not like, saying they started with us but it was just nice to see the growth and then, and then like totally. with yeah. room nice like to see. all these people yeah, are been killing it yeah. yeah all these people are sending us music they Sub got their stuff yeah that's like mad people that are now if you go back five. and listen to it you go back and listen to it it was like all these people sent us tunes and they started and you know what like just like us, they were not polished enough. And then over the pandemic, like the, from like week one of the pandemic to like year one, week one, yeah, it was like yeah. completely different. Right. And I feel right. like maybe some of our advice get gave them enough to get over the edge of getting better mix downs or getting better ideas and stuff. So I feel you like- guys have come up. You guys have come up. You just mentioned like five people I've interviewed, and I think they all mentioned truth and lies. Really? Oh, oh. wow. I just, I just feel so happy that all of them are succeeding. You know, like yeah. it's not a, it's not a, it's not a race, right? It's not First a race. All, it's, not not. it's not a race. All boats rise with the tide, and there's more than enough room for everybody in this industry. Say it again. There's more than enough room for everybody in this industry. More than enough room for because, everybody. and the best part too is like, for us is like trying to find a niche for our own music, finding a lane for our own music. We don't want to sound like everybody else. Yep. We want to sound like Truth and Lies. I mean. There are now like legitimate labels that are starting to like, hey, I want, I want people, I want music that sounds like blank artists or blank this. And it's like, we, it's like, cool. But now we have to change how we're making yeah, music yeah, and we have we to can. evolve. Yeah. Guys, and it's you great know, for us. It keeps us on our toes. Like yeah, all right. of our new music doesn't sound that much like our old music. So you know, sure. I know you, you, we've been kind of just 
talking the whole time, just like verbal diarrhea. Do you have any questions that you wanted to ask us? Because I know in the beginning you said you had a bunch of questions and I just realized we've just been fucking guys, you for like an hour. Guys, I'm having a great time. In fact, okay. I have All two right. ears and one out one mouth for a reason. I like to listen. <laughs> I actually heard that the other day. I like to listen for real. This is this is the best for me. But it's funny you said that because I literally just saw today Wavepoint, formerly in Golf Clap, said I'm starting a new label and it's going to be an, a combination of in between repopulate Mars and in rotation, sort of like truth and lies. People are literally and and it's unbelievable because you guys do have a sound and you tweeted recently. Um, in flight has been filled with so many tunes that sound exactly the same. So there's like two sides of this coin here, right? Like a lot of people are starting to take your flow, which is awesome, right? But like where we're at right now is really interesting because I know there's been a hot topic of like people turning these R&B songs into popular tech house songs. And I think there's two sides of that coin. But like, where do you think we are with music production right now, especially in house? Well, there's, uh, there's, a, there's, talk, a, there's, about, there's a lot of, and there's some whole lot to unpack, I think. I know I talk about the industry. I'll talk about the first thing, which is <laughs> we we were the people that copied somebody else's flow a couple of years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like when we were trying to learn, like yeah, gent were our there's no doubt, like our sound is inspired, at least back in the beginning, by like Dom Dalla. Yeah. And like some Chris Lake and stuff like that. So I in my opinion, emulation is the highest form of praise you know so like flattery. it's not yeah it's highest form of flat, flattery whatever the i don't think i said it right but imitation you know imitation is the highest form of emulation flattery. though works for like yeah, a house yeah, producer yeah because like you're kind of emulating somebody else's music so mm -hmm. imitation is more like how somebody acts i think yeah um but i i don't think i don't take it as an insult and i and i like it and like ryan was just saying i think it's something that will keep us progressing moving forward but i don't think people are copying us more than they're copying like john summit or something no, I mean, everybody's copying john summit i mean yeah, they're, they're, you know. i mean there like there was a guy who submitted a track to our demo stream one time it was just basically the exact it was keep it it was literally the vocal was almost identical the bass line it was the same key it was literally almost the same thing and it was just like that's weird i've heard this before and it's just like and that's a that's a challenge i think that part of it is that like in the industry right now, everyone knows what works. It's a, you know, it's the Acre's uh, effect where it's just put a 90s house vocal over a very simple beat and it'll do well. And that's cool. We, I mean, we played that track out for a while. We play a lot of 90s house vocals, especially if we're playing something at a club that, you know, that people want that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. But there has to be something new. You have to try to find a new way to do it. Of course, sampling is always going to be a big thing in music, but like yeah. I think it sets a dangerous precedent if there's no cool original vocals getting released to the world. There are some people who are really killing it right now. Like the new Dom Dalla stuff that's out, the new John Summit stuff that's out. Yeah. Like yeah. there are people who are really killing it. Joel Corey, like there are people that are really killing it with original, original vocals. Yeah. Guys, like splice, splice has made it difficult. Yeah, think, right. I think Splice has been a blessing and a curse for producers because, because look, it's easy access for anything. Yep. You can get a great vocal on there. Some of the biggest hits like Funk Accelerator that was Camel Fat and Slardo. Mm -hmm. that, that, that vocal was from there. It was reused again by Blue Claire recently. Yeah. I mean, there's great there's great vocals on there. A lot of our vocals are from Splice. I mean, sure. Water, Waterlust was a Splice vocal. So is Preach. Preach is a Splice vocal. So Really? Yeah. yeah. Like this is a splice vocal. Once it was a splice ideas vocal. that we have, yeah, yeah, a lot. 
but you have to do a lot of digging to find it. And then That's once true. you get used, you're like, kind of like, can I use this again? But then on top of that, it's like people are just straight up taking entire like synth melodies and using them from Splice, mm -hmm. or they're like hopping exact things from other producers. And you know, it's it's a really it's a really hard thing. Like, so when I, I made that tweet about the in flight, it's like when you're wanting to play shows. Like when we go out and see like someone that we really respect, like Black V-neck or Sid play a show. Right. It's like mostly like shit I've never heard before. And I'm like, this is cool. Yeah. This is awesome. And then I asked him, he's like, oh, it's it's unreleased music of me or unreleased music from friends. Yep. I'm like, this is all really awesome. And then I hear stuff labels are printing out. And it's not just like it's not just like small labels, it's like bigger labels. I'm like, I don't like we're really picky with what we play because like we wanted to be really good. And so if we download it on InFlight, it's literally like an A++ in our book. Mm -hmm. So the moral of the story is, is like, don't try to follow the trend and don't try to write the same music everyone else is. Of course, you can be in the same lane as someone else, but don't make the music exactly the same. Yeah, and that's why yeah. I said there's like two sides of the coin because there is no right or wrong answer to this shit, right? Like there is no guaranteed route to be like, this is how you make it in the music industry. This is how you can be a good producer, right? Like there are things you can learn about music theory and fundamentals and getting better and collaborations and originality. But that's why, again, it all comes back down to just like doing what you like and what works for you because yeah. you can be inspired. Have you guys ever heard of saying that nothing is original? Oh yeah, 100%. Nothing is original. Especially nothing is original. Everything comes from some idea that you've had, right? Like nothing just pops out of thin air that wasn't inspired by something else. And I mean, it's funny to me, like how hot of a topic it is. Cause I'm like, I'm dude, I'm in Chicago, right? Like, and there's a great dance music scene here, but at a place like electric hotel or some of these other big places where it's like people who are just going out, right? Like you kind of do got to cater to them where I play a nineties vocal over tech house track, but I have to have that nineties vocal or people are not going to like it. Right. But all of a sudden they're listening to tech house and they're like, oh, I think I actually like this, right? And then they get more involved in it. And then you can start to actually find out the real fans and you get deeper like we all did, right? Like probably at the Webster Hall all those years ago, if you wouldn't have got some of those tracks that you maybe heard a remix of or something, might've had a different effect. Not everybody's as open-minded as us necessarily, but I'm thankful that those tracks are doing well in-house, but I also want people to know that it's so important to be original when you're going to try and make it as an artist. So it's like, I don't know how to say it. There is no right or wrong answer, if you know what I mean. Yeah, man. I mean, it's not like any of us took the same path, you know? Yeah, exactly. And another thing, too, is you think about it, like, you know, the, you know you've heard of the old sampling thing. It's like, oh, I got the sample off Splice. Well, I can't do that. I got to record my own drum. Well, I can't record my own drum. I got to make my own drum. Oh, mm -hmm. well, I can't. I, I, <laughs> I got the parts of the drum. Well, I got to make the I got to make the head of the drum by skinning the goat. Oh, I got to <laughs> my own goat. And you're like, by then you're like not making music anymore. Right? <laughs> you're not on your own cattle farm. Sorry, I mean my wife's family it's has a cattle farm. So yeah, I. <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, it's it's all it is is like you know if the more you overthink stuff, the more you like get in this pattern of like worrying about oh what's popular now, what's this property. It's like it never works. The track that we wrote, I think that is maybe our maybe our most successful track. Like, Sorry to interrupt, but then how the fuck do you get your music side? Like when if you're listening, like it's so easy for us to say, but like you're an artist that doesn't have any music side. How the fuck do you get music side? Because labels aren't willing to take a risk. You know what I'm saying? Like it's easy for us to say that, but I it's not so easy for an artist that can't get their music side. Right I, I think there are artists that are willing to do labels that are willing to take a risk. Like there's like the labels like Holy Moly, 
where they'll put out some weird ass shit or even like Dirty Bird. Like I'd say Dirty Bird now puts out some of the weirdest shit and it's all really, really unique and cool. I think you have to find the right, the right home for your music to start. And then from there, that's when you, you, you build up. It's really hard to just but go. then you're pigeonholed into that label again. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. It's, like, no, it's a great conversation. Look at Hood I'm Politics. You guys see what we release. We release like a lot of like big room, not big room, but like tech house bangers, oh, right? Call it party yeah. tech. Right? But some of these edits we take chances on, which you see we have coming out, man, like really unique shit, right? Like this isn't like, uh, you know, just to bring up A-Craze again or A-Craze. It's not like Missy Elliott or Sierra, right? It's like literally Indiana Jones theme song, Tech House remix. You know, it's like Natasha Benningfield unwritten. It's like shit that you're like, whoa, holy fuck. Like, this is so different. And I think, who did I talk? Styler. Styler remix, uh, the Gorillas Feel Good Inc. for his hood poly edit, right? And he was like, I was trying to get so deep, like what mattered to me when I was starting to love music. And I think like, on that side of the actual like conversation is it is possible to do these edits, but be original at the same time. Just make it true to yourself, what you love. Yeah. And I think the, the biggest edit that I've heard in the past you know year that does that is that DJ Susan Cloverdale, Welcome to the Jungle, right? Everybody's playing it because of everyone. Shit. That was because, so fucking hard. Because it just, it's like, <laughs> it's, like you know, it, it, everyone knows that song. Everyone heard it growing up as a kid. The yep. parents heard it from doesn't matter what area you are. Everyone knows that song. They yes. may not know the original, right? They may not know the original, but they know that song, right? They've seen yeah. it in movies. They've seen it in like, movies. That edit is a 10 out of 10. Like, that's just like, yeah, it is. like a perfect score. Like, the transition is so good from the original sample. Like, the original sample is good. The drop hits, <laughs> the way it just, like, comes to the point. Like, we have a, like we were just looking through the videos of playing it. Uh, we, played, uh, we played in Denver with Side Piece. And, like, it just goes off dude and like it, it does act and like i'll send the video to susan later and and, and alex but ugh, god damn them bro that track dude they just sent me they were together making music and they're really fucking honing in on this like rock and roll house guys like just ask yeah. alex for what they've been working on for a second and yeah we chat with alex daily that that is one talented motherfucker and he's like a, a a music nerd, and I love that about him. Yeah. You know, like he's a huge music nerd. Huge music nerd. The other talent, the, I mean, the other guy that we didn't give nearly enough attention to, who has shown us, sorry, I'm pretty congested, shown us so much love the last like year or two has been Sid. Yes, we gotta mention Sid. We mentioned, you know, Carlos. Yeah, we gotta mention Carlitos. Carlitos, um, dude, it's so good to see him fucking blowing up like never before. Like, how does that guy win two Grammys? And then not get like do lab sets until now. Like, well, I think he house. reinvented. I think he reinvented, he really reinvented the sound. He did he for did, sure. Like in an incredibly like bold way, in my opinion, he didn't just like find another gimmick. He didn't find a gimmick. You know, like another artist might have done. He kind of was just like, I'm gonna just take the time to write more music and find what I like to make. And, and he, he he is a doing the right type of sampling. He yes, sampled like, he is. like like Duro is a very very big Spanish song, and yep. it makes sense for him because he's Spanish. Yeah, yep. And he did a really big drinking song in Carnival de Paris, which is like I've, it was written for the World Cup. You know, it's like yep, it's not a typical song to be done. And he has this other he has this Nancy Sinatra track he's been playing out on like if that if that's ever going to come out. But I keep hearing it shows. I'm like, it's so good. Yeah, because it's not like what everyone else is doing, and it's just like kind of goes back to what we're talking about. Is like yeah. 
finding your lane and doing well. It's, it's like, meaningful to him. Those songs are meaningful to him. Yeah, they exactly. are. And he's an incredible producer. And we were with him a couple of weeks ago in the studio and learned a lot. And that's another dude that didn't, has just put us on and asked for literally nothing. He's put yeah. us on shows. He's put us on the label. He's like taking us out. Like he doesn't allow us to pay for dinner. Yeah, like, dude. Like it, like, I don't know. He's just a, he's just a saint. He's just a saint. We yes. love he's a beacon. I, I, I. He's a beacon. Yes. I love that. He is. He's amazing. Well, gosh. Shout out to Mario for putting us in touch with him. Yeah. That's yeah. how we, that's how we met Carlos. Just Mario. Mm-hmm. No shit. Shout out to Sid, bro. He deserves everything that he's getting right now. And, and more. I messaged him, uh, and we'll close off. We could talk about Sid all day. But uh, when he was like, he saw him tweet that he was like opening for, you know, the world's biggest dance music act. And I was like, it's got to be Swedish House. And when he shared it, I was like, it's so cool to see somebody like Sid, Gordo, Jay Wara be like, I'm opening up for Swedish House Mafia. Like, you guys are headliners and you're pumped about opening. Like there's levels to this shit, boys. You know what I mean? It's like, that's so fucking sick and like heartwarming to me that like, they're like, this is awesome. You know? And I'm just like, ah, it's just like inspiring and exciting. And it just makes me like love the dance music industry so much when I see people like that. Um, Meanwhile, I I trolled him on that tweet, but he said, I'm hoping for someone like 2011 me was a, be excited about it. I was like, yeah, that's it. That'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> you don't even speak that name, bro. I had a tr- I had a troll. I had a troll on a little bit. Yeah, for sure. No, that's that's when I knew you guys were funny. Oh yeah. You guys Twitter is you're good at Twitter. That's a form of social media to be great at. And do you know what it is? Is that I can hide behind my text. As soon as I get the camera, I'm like this. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's funny. Yeah, we like our memes. We like to, uh, we're, we're children of the internet, children of the interwebs. Spent way much, too much time on early Reddit. That's okay. You early guys, Reddit, yeah. Hey, no, you're, doing, you're doing video content right now, boys. Mario's going to be pumped about this. Lots of things to clip and share. Oh, yeah, Mario, yeah. you hear that? So much to clip. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could get him in here. Here, I got a clip for you guys right now because this has got to be one of the most monumental moments in your career, having an official remix for the Legend Zoo. The Zudio 54 yeah. remix. Yeah, I mean, awesome. let's check out this cornerstone moment. Let's check out this incredible track together. This one's Zoo Zudio 54 and the Truth and Lies remix.
happen? Like that's so unreal, right? Well, I like, know what's awesome about how that happened. How? They reached out to us to do that. Oh fuck, yeah. dude! No Mario, let's go. Yeah, I was, they reached out to Mario. Like, he's all right, like, all right, all right. <laughs> Mario, Mario does this thing where, like, when something good happens, he'll drop in the in the group chat. He'll say, "Let's go, boys!" And then you know, you know, something's coming. And it's usually a screenshot of an email, but like sometimes it takes a while. So sometimes like we <laughs> let's go boys and then no screenshot and we're all just and like, then I post the the, the, the gif and then from the uh, and then and then yeah. <laughs> and he's just and then he posted the image and we're like, oh well, yeah, I think if Zoo wants to do a remix, we should probably do a remix for Zoo. And, and they, we'll make time in our busy schedule for that. Yeah, and then they were like, Yeah, we need it in like four days. They were like, Okay, <laughs> you know, we you got there it. You go. No problem. Got it. No problem. If Zoo, what Zoo wants, Zoo gets. And he sent us some fire bombers. So I appreciate that. Yeah. There was one in here at some point. I want to put it. Sent us some fire bombers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel I feel like that is one of the that track is one of the ones I'm most proud of because we wrote it. I mean, all I feel like all of our favorite tracks we've ever written, like that track, the Benny Benassi bootleg, yeah, the other side, um, wanted and preach. All those were written in like four hours. What we all wrote them. Yeah. All the best tracks just came through because they were all put on like all those had like weird restrictions to them. They were like, "Hey, I wouldn't say four hours." It's like we wrote the main idea in four hours, and then we'll spend another like two hours like editing the ideas, and then another two hours mixing. like mixing. So it's like you know, eight to but 10 still, hours. that doesn't but happen like, every time. All, yeah. all of our good, the writing process yeah. was like four hours. All of our good tracks come together really quick, and it's good because like. I feel like we work really good when we're given a deadline. So given that, like, we hmm. we were, and we need it in four days, it was like, okay. Fuck yeah. The pressure's on, baby. We got this. We got it. And then we yeah. were waiting for it to get approved. And it got approved. And then Zoo sent us a message. He's like, yo, that remix is groovy as fuck. That was the only thing we ever got from Zoo in a message. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. If, if 2015 me had knew that Zoo would be DMing me, being like, yo, this is groovy as fuck, I'd be like, we were we were actually talking about this the other day. We were just driving. We were driving um, in California one summer. We were out there for whatever reason. I think we were just out there hanging out, whatever. And we were listening to Generation Y. That was yeah, like the album yeah. we listened to. That was like the album albums that we like we started listening to. Like we were kind of into writing more deep house at the time. We were out like, playing our first Cali show. We were at Sutra. Yeah. Played Sutra. Yeah. Well, that like so for us that was a huge full circle moment of like. I remember that very specifically riding in the car, listening to that album after it came out. I was like, God, this is so good. There's been a couple moments like that, like Izu, like, you know, that with Zoo is dope. Seeing the video of Benny Manassi playing our edit at, at Marquee in New York. Oh, shit. I didn't know. I mean, I figured he would because that track is so hot. That's dope, though. Yeah, we, we there's uh, some there's some cool like full circle moments that happen. We put that we put out for free on SoundCloud and it was like, some people started playing. I think Carlos is the first one, yeah. and then he sent it to Dombreski, and Dombreski sent it to DJ Snake, and then it just kind of like went around to everybody. And now Benny has it. He he played it out at, in our hometown. Like we were we were in town, we were playing another show, and someone's like, "Yeah, I can't believe this." And I was like, "What?" And then oh. Will, our booking agent, was like, "No, he's been playing this out for months." I'm like, "What?" Thanks for the thanks thanks Will. <laughs> <laughs> what a feeling, guys! Holy shit. Yeah. It, there's been a couple moments like that and um recently i've really been trying to be more mindful and just be like dude a couple years ago you would have killed for this and to be thankful and 
to just keep working because it's so easy to be like, oh, that's cool. But, you know, I didn't do this and this has to happen next. And like, if I don't get to this next peak or this next level, like what was this all worth or whatever? Yeah, those are not the good thoughts. I mean, those are good for keeping, you know, keeping the ball rolling, but not in a positive way. Right. I mean, am I phrasing this well? No, that's that's great. I mean, the purpose thing, you know, we go back and listen to that track, like, ah, she probably makes it down better. And it's like, (laughs) so like, we get so we're so hard on our music and hard and stuff and we oh, that's just really forget not, we really didn't mix that down like this yeah, yeah. Top, top <laughs> yeah. but but like but like you know we could go back and think of all the things we did wrong but this moment like the guy who made this dance hit for you know it's 20 years ago this yeah big yeah. dance hit i was thinking, playing our edit out that's probably the first dance music that most of us ever heard in our lives because it's so prevalent in pop culture yeah, yeah. like like that or like I don't know where is your super head mode. at or like you know super mode tracks you know what it's just like up there and you know it's not official or remix but you know still feel, feels pretty fucking good man i don't care for sure i mean there's no i mean that's what we do it for right like we want our music to be played all over the world in front of the biggest crowds that's i mean that's why i do it i figure that's why you guys do it yeah yeah and there was no plan to get here i want i want everybody to know that there was no plan and I want everybody to know we really like cats a lot and we have absolutely no idea what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want me to give you a general synopsis of Truth and Lies. We like pets. Yeah. We like food. We like traveling. And we have no idea what we're doing. Perfect. You guys like making music and trolling on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, trolling is great. Yeah, trolling is fun. Let me ask you guys this. Out of all your tracks that you've released, regardless of who supported them, streams, whatever, which one means the most to you guys? Oh, shit. I need to look at a list <laughs> you look of at tracks. List? Yeah, I do. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. I, think Man, I, feel like you've me- I feel like, Ryan, you've mentioned yours maybe. I feel like for us, the one that we put out where I was like, I'm the most proud of this track was the one I think that is like, everyone should listen to it of ours because it's it's like, it's not really something we play much out anymore, but it's one that really did well with the pandemic was Other Side. Get ready for this here. This one's called Other Side by Truth and Lies and Austin Hennessy on In Rotation. Sometimes if you focus really hard on the in-between, you can almost hear them. It's that other place where things aren't exactly as they appear. Some people say there's a way to get there, to the other side. I know it doesn't make any sense, but you'll see it for yourself. Can you hear them? Listen, they're here. that was the one where people were like what is this yeah, i've never heard sure. anything like this before and that's because of and our buddy austin he sent the idea to us and like he had the bare bone skeleton to it we're like we need a good vocal it's got this really cool he made this really cool weird synth over it 
and it was really simple. I was like, this is cool, but we got to get like something, you know, and I'm not a big Stranger Things person. My wife loves Stranger Things. You love Stranger Things. We yeah. found this vocal. And again, it's a splice vocal. Can't believe it's a splice vocal, but found this. Okay. Like, the funny thing is, it's, we not, had a, it's not a splice vocal. It was from uh, a movie sound effects pack. Oh. Yeah. On, on splice. It was like this little kid. I don't know how they, they must have paid this kid like in like, I don't know lollipops or some shit but it's, it's like a clear it's like a clear ripoff of other of uh stranger things, stranger things. And, right, this right. Kid, and we just kind of kind of put this vocal in there and it kind of made the track and then we played it out for a while everyone's like what is this on the stream i like, remember what the fuck is this rami, I was like, rami from space yacht was one of the first people to like record a video and send it to us and that was like one of the first times i ever saw our music going off like that was at a space yacht party and he played it and it, he was just like dudes this this was this is crazy this was um, right before the pandemic when he said we yeah that was him. right like right before. it was one of the last things we got signed before the pandemic started and but yeah shout out to austin hennessy you guys should go and follow austin he does yes release very consistently Mm-hmm. because of like real life stuff but like i don't know i know he's also a fantastic engineer i know like, very few like I, there's very few producers that i know of that release stuff like as little as he does but are that talented yeah like he's he's so he's just so good at writing music um, he's a great engineer too i mean he's recorded a bunch of well that's stuff. his thing he works in the music industry stuff you know like oh really not, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he. We've sent various acoustic music people his way because um, he's a really good audio. Engineer. Oh shit! There yeah. we go. Boys also, contributing to the music economy. He's yeah. also now the NR of OKNF. So yeah. hopefully in the future we'll hear more Austin music. Yeah. But he always sends us he always just sends us ideas and they're always fire and he's got music with other people and I think that for me that's the track where it was like, oh my god, everyone's playing this track. I I can't believe everyone is playing this track. So I have an answer too. I think it's either preach mm-hmm. because not because of any special meaning, but that's like I'm looking back and we have like drip, we have work, we have other side burning down in affinity, but like we released preach and I feel like that was like a real turning point in our career. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why that was just like it was such an aggressive track and I had like those 16th note rolling bass lines. Yeah, this track is pretty sick. This one's called Preach by Truth and Lies off tech. essential was a really big ep for us that was on yeah. rotation and one of the reasons is obviously 
as my wife on the vocals for essential, not for the other two. So my wife does opera. Yeah, and my wife will just do like spoken word stuff with because I can't sing and she can't sing. Dude, you guys are an incredible team. Holy shit. It's like really important. Like, I think that when we talk about this with people, we're like, you know, where do I get my vocals from? It's like, I don't know, doing yourself, like that that entire like yeah, the drip is my vocals. He re- he recorded that in one take. He just said some dumb shit. It was I great. The bong and just like said some <laughs> stupid shit. <laughs> And Do It Right is also my vocals, and I recorded it on my laptop. And in the background, you can hear his radiator. And you hear my radiator go. You had COVID when you did this. I think I had COVID. You had COVID when you recorded the vocals. Oh, and he's my like, God. He's like, and I, I'm strong. And I just sent over like a 16-bar idea with like the worst recorded vocals in the history of mankind. And then we ended up going back and re-recording them later, and they just didn't sound good when they were clean. Like, it just sounded bad. So we're like, I guess we're keeping the shitty radiator. Yeah, the light. moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's it gives it that uh that feel. I don't know, man. I love all our music. We don't put anything else out. We don't put shit out unless we like it. And I like everything. I, we have saw we have another track coming out with Hannah um called Mirror Mirror. And if you look in our Instagram, it's on a couple of the latest posts. It's wait, Hannah or Anna? Hannah, Hannah is, is Ryan's my, wife. My wife. Oh, okay. I thought Kelly. you said Anna, like the techno artist. I was like, are you fucking? Anna, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, you should, but you should go and follow Hannah on Spotify as well. If you go to understand, she's the featured artist. I'll tell her on there. Um, yeah. But yeah, we have we have a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff coming out. And um, I feel like all of our music, I mean, I, if I had to pick one of them, that was the one I'd pick. But I feel like ever, for us, it's just like we want to make something different every time we're putting a track out. We want to have different layers of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. we have a lot of musical influence from our backgrounds and from like what we like to listen to, what we like to play. Yeah. So yeah. all of our new stuff is different from each other, but also still sounds like us. Just like all the music we have out. No, no two songs of ours sound the same. I agree, man. You guys like, and it keeps building off each other. That's why I thought like, it was so cool to like start in this like house phase, deep house phase for you to get to where you're at now. Like whether you guys know it or not, like, cause you guys have listened to your own music and so much, right? Like I'll call myself like the, the, you know, third eye perspective. There are little tastes of your old selves in there sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Like there really are. And you, you probably noticed that, but I just can't wait to see what you guys release this year because it just keeps getting better and better, boys. Like, I mean, thank you. I'm, you know, and the, when I ask that question a lot of times too, because we've talked about labels and releasing your own music, a lot of times the answer I get is I haven't released this track yet. And I bet you guys have some unreleased heat. If you go look at our Instagram from shows, there's probably good amount, three or four tracks that we have coming out later this year that we're excited about on there. Actually, one of, the, one of the tracks that we, I, we, we played out at the show, it got, it got signed literally, what, Saturday? Yeah, like the other day. Yeah. So. Uh, yes, to answer your question, we, are, we have a, a lot of stuff that we're very excited about. I, I'll be honest, though, not, not as much as I wanted to have for this year, just by virtue of the fact that we've never toured before. And we, yeah. wrote, a lot of our, we wrote a lot of our music on the weekends or like, you know, late at night and... Um, when you start playing shows, that's a lot of time. Your weekend you know, is gone. Your yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday is gone. Ryan's, Thursday. Yeah, and Ryan's at work. I, I work part-time, so my schedule is a little more forgiving. But, you know, Ryan oh. has to be at work, and we have to just find the time in between. And with weekends gone, um, 
I'm hoping at some point this will. This I think once shows are more consistent, you know. Yeah, no, I mean no we're gonna go music full time shortly. I, the only reason that we're not is because we're in Manhattan right now. If we were living yeah. in like a suburb of Atlanta, it'd be it'd be very different. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, you know what, man, uh, we have we have a good amount of stuff written, and we have a little lull in our shows coming up until beyond. So we're just gonna be fucking fiends the next couple of weeks bro we're just gonna hit this hard yeah. we're gonna just make some stanky yeah. shit i'm gonna send it right to you you're gonna be like guys this sucks what are you doing guys please good god Stop let me sign something on her folly i don't even have to listen to it i will literally <laughs> you send me something i will sign right away that's what dj susan said he's, yeah. been, play, he's been playing this a track we have called kink yeah <laughs> yeah dude that oh my god holy fuck that track is sick He's been playing it out. He's like, I will give you my firstborn. We gotta do something. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta do something for you guys. So yeah. We got you, man. That, that I like it's so funny. Susan and I actually it's funny. He called me in the middle of this conversation. I didn't want to cut you off, but um oh, no, you should have the conversation. I brought him in. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll call him back at the end here. But there are like some artists that we always talk about. Like uh I wouldn't have to listen to he was like, I have some peacemaker IDs. I was like, I don't need to listen to them, just sign them, just send them. And uh, like Broken Future. And I said, like, man, if Truth and Lies sent us some music, like Cloverdale, I don't have to listen to. And uh, I just think, like, that's a really special part of the industry. Like, for me on a personal note, you know, like to be such a fan of artists that are friends that yeah. I know make, that's like, awesome. we're just meeting, but like, you guys are awesome. You know, I definitely consider you friends now. And I just think that, like, makes it so exciting. You know, you talked about Sid, you talked about like Cloverdale, right? Like, we're all in this together. And I feel like sometime in the past, it was like, what is this next level and how the fuck do I get to know these guys? And like, what's it going to be like, you know, and yeah. it just keeps getting to be more fun. And I just keep meeting better people and having more friends. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just awesome to me. That's why being a good person is more important than anything else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 100%. if you if you can have a conversation with somebody, you don't have to go in and be like, you know, I produce music too. Here's my music. If that doesn't really work, it's like, <laughs> I like I don't want to hear that. No offense, anybody. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to well, hear that. Someone saw me at a show and I was wearing my Miami Heat hat and they go, "Hey, you're a Heat fan? Are you really a Heat fan? You just start watching them on LeBron joint." I go, "Shut up." Yeah. I will talk to you for like 20 minutes about it. And they go, "Wow, you actually that, are a Heat that fan?" That was so funny. And then just, they become friends with them. And you're such a New Yorker though, because like most people outside of New York don't go up and like shit on other people. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Like a northeast thing. I don't know. So, so true. People do it about the heat. So people, will, people will show them the heat. They're like, oh, you're not a heat fan. It's like, dude, they're off. they're killing it, man. I'm a huge NBA fan. I'm a fucking Pacers fan. If I see somebody with a Colts jersey, a IU Hoosier jersey, or a fucking Pacers jersey, I corner them and I'm like, let's talk sports, not music, you know, anything like that. Ryan is big with the sports. I like soccer, but I won't. Me too. Who's your team? Um, I'm Argentina, so that's my that's my team. Let's go, Messi, baby. I'm hoping. I mean, it's the last World Cup, so I'm I'm hoping <laughs> against hope. I think. I mean, so is you'll have Di Maria, Messi. I mean, the squad. I feel like they've been so young for so long. But not think, old. Yeah, they're old. I mean, my, this is this is Messi's last. He's 36, man. Yeah, this is Dude, awesome. fuck. That makes me feel so old. Yeah, bro, we're old as shit, man. I mean, I remember when he started, we were. Fucking he was a child. Yeah, I remember watching Messi when he first started Barcelona. I was in college. Yeah, like, I was in college when he first started playing. He was like seventeen. I was like, "What?" Yeah, that's crazy. 
His first yeah. game, he scored a goal with Ronaldinho, like passing the ball. I don't know if you guys seen this documentary on Netflix. It's incredible. Uh, I can't remember what I it's called. It. Are you talking about the um, like the, the soccer documentary series that happened? Yeah, like, like half of it's in Spanish because the guys don't speak English. Uh, yeah, I need to go watch that. That sounds awesome, dude. Oh, there's a bunch of them. They have a bunch of seasons. There's one for like Barcelona. There's one for Juventus. There's one for Man City. That's the team I root for. I root for Man City. Yeah, so. and you gotta yeah, watch. I watch the most Man City games just because of Brian. But also like City in, fan? In, huh? You're a City fan? Yeah, I'm a City fan. Well, also we have we have NYCFC over here and as literally walking distance that's, um, that's Oh, nice. wow, that's so dope actually. Holy shit, I'm so Ian's old apartment was literally right across the bridge from the Bronx and we live like really like from my apartment, let's say a 20 minute walk to Yankee Stadium. So it's it's we get to go to Yankees games pretty easily. But NYCFC plays the Yankee Stadium currently, so and that's Man City's sister team, and it's just like the games are cheap and they're it's never full, <laughs> so it's fun to go to games. You got mad space, you can just you get a chicken. Yeah. yeah, you don't wait online for the beers. It's just easy. I like that too. Chicago people. Fire is just like that. Soldier Field is like it's like packed, yeah. but like not. It's so easy. It's awesome. It's, it's awesome. great. Ah, right, we we'll got it. We got to go to a game together, man. Right, yeah, let's, we'll, exactly. We're gonna fucking talk. Next, sports next time I come to day. Chicago and Chicago Fire are playing, we'll go to a game. Yeah, one hundred percent. Guys, I'm telling you, if we make the Chicago show happen, which we're going to, I will show you a full fucking weekend. We'll play six shows, three during the day, three at night. We'll fucking, I'll give you a full Chicago experience. It'll be a hell of a time. Oh, sure. Don't, just, don't just, tell me with the good time. Just dude. don't give us any of that bread casserole, okay? Yeah, your weird ass bread pizza soup. What the hell? It's pizza soup, boys. It's pizza soup. <laughs> bread casserole. Really. I don't know. I, 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 I think that we just didn't go to the right place, but man, that was just not it, bro. I, I, I bet you did not go to the right place. I, I'm sure we did it. We, we, we had very little time and we went to the place by our hotel. So it was just probably Giordano's. Good. I don't remember where it was. It's, um, it wasn't like, oh, I don't know. It was, like, know. It was, it was in like the loop area. So it's yeah. probably that's where I am. I, cause Sid wanted to do the same thing. And I was like, Hey, what time are you going on at spy bar? He was like one 30. I'm like, all right. And you want to have deep dish pizza at nine? He was like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to do that to us. Took us like a halfway like style, which is actually very good, but I will show you proper Chicago deep dish. That doesn't put you on your fucking ass. We'll have Chicago hot dogs. Lemon shake-ups. I want, I want one of those bike ride. Dogs. Chicago dog, you like him? You had one before? I, I've never, I've never had, but I like hot dogs, even though I know that in my mind that they're gross, but I still like them. <laughs> I, I don't know why, you know, I, but they look so fucking good. It, that's the Chicago one is like with just, just putting like the pickles and the fucking onions. And There's just pickles, shit. tomatoes, celery salt, mustard. Um, it looks like someone with OCD making a hot dog. It makes no like, sense. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It, it reminds me of this thing that's popular in like upstate New York called the garbage plate, except it's on a hot dog. What's that? Garbage plate. You ever, ever, ever heard of garbage plate? So this is like <laughs> this, this is from this place in Rochester called Nick Tahoe's, where basically you go. I, I remember I went. I went up to. I was going to like audition for grad school for music school because I was doing classical music at the time, and I stayed with a friend, and she took me to this place after we went drinking, and she's like, "You got to have the garbage plate." I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" And it's like seven dollars, and it was. Hot dog, ground beef patty, baked beans, potato salad, macaroni salad. Uh, oh, dude! Yes. All of this. It was just like I'm so hungry. But really, and, and like you know, like red hots. It was just like all with hot sauce over it, and it's just literally it's just brown. It looks like literally what you pull out of the truck. <laughs> and when you're drunk, it's the best thing you've ever had in your entire life. Yeah. But literally the next day, a friend of mine texted me. Goes, "Hey, how are you feeling after that?" I go, 
I've got third degree heartburn. I felt yeah. horrendous, but it's like that's how I feel like Chicago dogs are. They just throw all the shit on there. <laughs> bro. <laughs> wow, bro. You can just dunk on him like that. No, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying <laughs> no, it's I got bad. fucking dude. That was an alley oop. He gave himself a triple yeah. double and dunked they, on me they, right they, there. Yeah. I think we're not on Chicago radio because you would never be back in Chicago. That's all right. Oh, I understand. I'm here to change the perception of Chicago food, okay? Because listen, I, I will tell you, my wife auditioned for the Chicago Lyric Opera, and we almost moved to Chicago back in like 2014, 2015. Holy shit, life would be a lot different now. Yeah, so I feel like nobody you can't you can't I do go, like Chicago. You can't go to a city as a not like a non-denizen of that city and just know the good foods. You have to be you like gotta so, have somebody show you around, man. Yeah, you it's, gotta be shown around. It's the it's best. A major culinary city like Chicago is. I feel like for me, when I go to cities, like I've done quite a bit of travel and in, in our chat with, with Mario and Ian, my nickname in, in the chat is travel agent because I've like traveled a bunch of places and spent a lot of time. It's yeah. so like when I go to, when, I, like when we go to cities, I know really well, I know all the places to go to. I feel like that's because I went with people who knew or people who were from that area or knew that area. <coughs> wow. All right. So the internet went out. So, but we're still here. We are here. <laughs> you can't make this shit up. This great New York internet right here. You my nostril. There we go. There we go. This works. <coughs> let's, so, see, let's see if we can get it working on here again. Well, <coughs> oh, it looks like it's back now. Hold on. Let's join again. Ye <coughs> old LTE. <coughs> we got to hop off in a few minutes anyway. Oh, let's, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's, I was going to say, we can, um, we can. I'll cut this out and we can just, I just want to ask you one last question, basically. Yeah, yeah. I All think right. I'm going to join back in now. Yeah, we're on, now that you're on it. Really okay. nice work. All right, here we go. <coughs> check, check. Hey, guys. All right. Yeah, get off the air. Anyway, Chicago food fucks. It does <laughs> compete with New York food, though. Okay, can we agree on that at least? That it does or it does not compete. It does. It does. I I've only been there one time, man. I'm I'm not sure. I uh, I I'm sure like you have regional things that like you do better there, but I can't see how Chicago would have better food than New York. I'm not saying better. I'm saying. Oh, okay. All right. I was just going to say just by, just by virtue of the fact that New York is way bigger. There's just way more restaurants. Listen, New York plus, food- plus Queens exists. And that's the best like cultural ethnic food probably in the whole world is in Queens. Other than maybe like some of LA. For that specific. Yeah. Yeah. Some of LA for like Asian food. But Queens like within that little area, like, can you. You got it all. Everything. Yeah. I bro, I mean Sherm, you gotta you gotta change my mind, my guy. No I'm problem. sure I'm I just haven't been to the right place. I feel like there's like I feel like there's like four food cities in America that are like just better than everywhere else yeah. for specific things. I feel like New York is like everything in general, it's a good all other city. But like I feel like Miami has some of the best food. Like That's most true. most like most people that go to Mike don't know, like Miami's not considered like a big food city until you go there. Like the amount of like Cuban and Puerto Rican and Peruvian food that's like amazing there. It's, it's just awesome. Louisiana is also like New Orleans is like seriously, New Orleans probably has the best food in America, but it's not has it doesn't have a lot of food that most people know of. Like 
it's got a lot of like very traditional Louisiana yeah. food. Po like, boys. Like, yeah. Like you tell people what po boys are, are crawfish, and they go, What the crawfish? That's gross. It's like, no, we have <laughs> no crawfish is fucking fire. It's fire. And then you have like San Francisco, which has some of like the best like Asian food and some of the best like seafood. True. And then you have like these cities like New York, Chicago, and like yeah, I'd say LA that have like these melting pot kind of cities. So very true. All right. Well, we'll have to see because I have a day job in sales, guys. And if there's one thing I know about sales, if you are passionate about your product, nothing can be topped. And I am passionate about the city of Chicago. How about that? There you Fuck go. yeah, bro. What? I, I would vote for you for mayor 100%. <laughs> that, that I'm going for uh, the mayor of house music in Chicago. That's what I'm going I, for. I think you're already there, bro, to be honest. I, I might have to name a street after you. That's a name. Next is next street is not Frankie Knuckles. It's now it's now Sherman the Booth. I watched your uh your post with the with the whiskey. That shit was hilarious. Chicago handshakes. Yeah, <laughs> that shit was so funny. Yeah, you guys are definitely gonna take one of those with me, maybe multiple. Oh man, I'm terrified. Yeah. Anything with whiskey, I'm super down. Okay, good. I, that's what I've been drinking. That, does that have beer? That's our favorite. That beer? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to tell you too much. Don't worry. Cool. Yeah, yeah. But as long, I mean, I haven't had beer in oh, six years. You'll be all right. So. You can have a sip. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll make a taste for sure. <laughs> okay, last question, boys. We've covered a lot of this. You've got some huge shows coming up. Congratulations again. Is there anything you can tell us about music-wise that we can expect over the next couple months? Any releases you can share? We don't have dates for anything specific yet, so we can't really give you too much. But we have we have everything signed. We have all of our IDs are signed. Yep. So expect a shitload of music from us this year. Um, like I said, we 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 took a little break to play all these shows. Yeah. And now all of our music is signed, and we're like, oh shit, we don't have any music to send out. <laughs> And now people are asking after my music, like, oh, it's a great meeting, you guys. Yes, music. I'm like, and we're like, oh, yeah, what's that? Oh, wait, you want to be the guy that has the music to say? Oh, our internet, our internet goes out every day. We, we'll get it to you when it's back. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. look, look well, again, again, bless Mario's heart. But every day he's just, he's like, hey, guys, so have you written any music? <laughs> so that's what we're going to go and do this week and next week. Um, Good. We have some ideas that we just have to put vocals so on. So I, I, I don't think we can tell you which labels. Um, no, okay. we can't. But but check my SoundCloud, fam. We got we got <laughs> stuff coming out. And well, we're also going to be putting out a bunch of bootlegs. We love putting out bootlegs. Satisfaction was big for us. The uh, I remember. The in, the, in the ghetto. And the I Iron. remember that one, guys. Man, I've heard that like nationwide dj chop like i know case in love the one for me was when summit played it at the gorge i was like what yeah, he closed out beyond with it which was awesome but um i i i think it's for all of these bootlegs it's just a nostalgia thing and i think we um are just flipping it in a way that we're making it our style which people like but more importantly it's a nostalgia thing and we pay respect to the original it's like an homage rather than a reinvention yeah yeah absolutely Oof. god yeah. damn I, I can tell you i can tell you that the music that we have coming out on labels some of them we've released on previously some of them are labels that we have not released on that we're super excited about um we're going to self-release some stuff this year too so that we have uh we're going to start our own like little imprint we don't know what we're not going to call a label it's just going to be stuff for us to release, at least for the time being for the time being so 
just gonna pop music the little emojis and like the little eyes emoji thing yes. yeah yeah that's the name of the label little eye emoji talk about being original <laughs> very oh, <man>. very <laughs> Oh man, guys, this has been so much fucking fun. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. I'm gonna do this all day, man. This is uh, all we've day. done we've done a couple interviews, but none have been this fun and none have been this easy. That's because I'm like one of your biggest fans, so it's like I'm having a fanboy moment too. Oh, dude, that well, it means really means a lot to us. For real. Let me just. Been a, I've been a fan of the podcast. I started listening to a while ago, so it's nice to. Thank you. And uh, here, super I'm excited looking- for this. I have, uh, let's see how many truth and lies I have. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 truth and lies tracks on my USB voice. I mean, that's pretty much all of them. That <laughs> might be, it might be. I mean, we've, got, we've released probably like 20 in between originals and remixes. Like they, the- Guys, they work like, and I'm speaking to you as a DJ, like I know it's going to work. You, I'm going to send you all the unreleased right after we get off this call. Yes. <laughs> Hey, dude, thank you so much for having us. We had a blast. Uh, let's definitely do this again. Yeah. We keep making the show. I recently got into podcasting, uh, re- like watching podcasts, but Hell yeah. there's not like another EDM podcast that I think I would watch. I think this is kind of just the one that feels like the most tech house and the most just like natural. So it's also fun. It's also like as someone who's just a super music nerd. Like nice to hear you talking to people about being people. Yeah, it's not. Yes, it's, like I, said, it's I not can those talk to you questions. I can talk your ear off about production, but I also like talking to people because it's just yeah, it's more fun. It's it's yeah. nicer to people. It's more yeah, and it's like the the production talk just pertains to like five to ten percent of the people watching, and we can nerd out for the best. Yeah, fun. we, we can nerd out for sure. Yeah, and honestly, what ends up happening is a lot of those people are like, "Wow, I discovered these guys," and I message them, and they help me out and that's that's all i'm trying to do i'm just trying to like help out with handshakes at the end of the day too like these interviews are for me and the guests like i said in the beginning like if people enjoy it awesome if not i'm gonna be happy as fuck on my deathbed saying man do i remember that truth and lies interview where they told me that new york city food was better than chicago and they <laughs> Chicago, and i told them and i was fucking right <laughs> we're gonna have to record it for science sure the most Proof. people the most important people in the music industry are the people like you that are like the dot connectors you need to have like you need to like have some sort of big email chain or chat or something. That's all the people that you've interviewed. And it's just like that one big think tank. I think that'd be really cool. Wow. That would be so dope. A discord of Sherman, the booth guests. I think that'd be really cool. Just discord like is the discourse of new social media. It doesn't even have to be sharing music. It's just going to be like, yo, have you seen like this new thing happening? I don't know. Just like, I think that'd be really cool. I don't think we have anything like that. No, we don't. And this is episode like 204, guys. So there's been a lot of guests. Damn. 204. Damn. <laughs> That's a lot, right? Yo, shout out to Yvette, was it? Huh? Who's your, who's who's your, your editor? Shout out to whoever. Suzette. 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 Yeah, shout out to Suzette again. My bad. Oh, no. Did we die? No, Did no, we... I can still hear you. Oh, thank God. Okay. We're <laughs> I can still hear you. Okay, we're going we're gonna to end up on a frozen screen. How about that? Oh, man. Much love, my dude. Thanks for having us again, man. Guys, much love, respect. Give New York City a kiss for me, and I'll talk to you guys very soon. Thank you so much. Talk soon, bro. Peace, boys.